Hi, and welcome to the show. My name is Mark Garrett Hayes, and today we have a question from a listener in the US. Her name is Jeanette. She is a training business owner in Boston in the United States. And she says, Hi, Mark. I'm enjoying the podcast very much. We're going to pitch for a new training contract shortly. We did not win the past four. Have you any tips to help us to prepare? First of all, Jeanette, thank you for writing in. Thank you for your listenership. And there's a $50 Amazon voucher on the way to you for having your question selected on today's show. What I would say right away is congratulations, because you must be doing something right. Your marketing's working. And your persistence has paid off because your prospect has agreed to meet. So today, let's see how we can help you to go the next step, which is to pitch successfully and win the business as part of this client meeting. There are four parts to this episode today, everyone. So grab a pen and paper and let's get down to training business. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, and welcome. This is the show for training business owners around the world, people like you and I. The goal of the show is to help you to learn more, to earn more, and to grow your training business. Think of today as a coaching episode. We're going to answer Jeanette's question, which I outlined at the beginning. And the question, if I may paraphrase, is how do I or we prepare for a client meeting? Great question. And there are four parts to this answer. The first one is qualification. The next is preparation. Number three is delivery. Number four is follow-up. So one more time. Number one is qualification. Number two, preparation. Number three, delivery. And number four, follow-up. We're going to go through these one by one. Okay, number one. What do we want from this meeting? Is the meeting worth going to? Whom are you meeting? What is their role? How much time has the prospect got? This is indicative of the value to them of meeting with you. Is it 10 minutes, 5 minutes, 15 minutes, half an hour, one hour? Again, the length of time they're willing to allot to you and your team or you alone is indicative of the value they place on the meeting. If there is a meeting or a presentation, it's a pitch, who else is going to be there? Is it just you or more than one person? Is it your decision maker or someone else? And the person you think is the person you're meeting with, what is their role in the decision-making process? Where is the meeting taking place? Are you flying in to another city or country? Or is it just down the road? So how much expense is involved? Is it worth the time and the time of your team investing in this pitch? Is it worthwhile being there, researching all the work you have to do to make a good job? Can you conduct this meeting over Zoom or go to meeting as a first step? So the qualification process is really about understanding a number of things. What do we want? What do they want? Um, what is going to happen? Who's going to be around? What is expected of us? And how do we know it aligns with our expectations? So I'm thinking of a, a story from my experience uh, a number of years ago where I was convinced 
the meeting would turn into a request for business. In other words, it was a pitch. I turned up, but the decision maker I'd arranged to meet had arranged for their assistant to step in. And as it transpired, the person I was meeting with that day actually had no power to make a decision. They were simply gathering information, the information which I'd already provided to the proposed or supposed decision maker. And guess what? It never went beyond that. So you really need to understand what could make that person commit to keeping that meeting with you. Are they just brushing you off, saying yes to a meeting to make you go away? Or are they really genuinely interested in the meeting? And what could you do to copper fasten or to ensure that person turns up at the meeting as they said they will or would? Okay, so we talked about the prospects, uh, or process of qualifying prospects over the phone in episodes 15 and 16 on the subject of cold calling. So it's really important at this stage that you clarify the purpose above all when you're preparing for this pitch process, Jeanette. So three questions I would ask here with or in conjunction with your prospect. Number one, what is the purpose of this meeting? Is this a pitch or is this simply a, a chat to explore the possibility of working together at some point. You really want someone to articulate what they think the meeting's about. Number two, if I could show you value, or if we, my team and I, could show you value on the day, what would that look like to you and your team? You want that person to articulate what they expect to get from the meeting, so you know what you turn up with, the information, the presentation, actually hits home. Number three, Really important question. If all goes well, what is the next step? This clarifies that there is a next step or maybe there is no next step. And if there is no next step, I would rather know that than turn up for a pitch, Jeanette, to, to only find that there's no real prospect of business. Okay. So one, what is the purpose of the meeting? Is it a business opportunity or a chat? Number two, if I or we could show you value on the day, what would that be? Get them to listen to the words they use. Uh, let, let them articulate what value means to them and then use that back to them in the presentation. And number three, if all goes well, what is the next step? If someone says, you know what, we're currently working with X until 2020 and we're not in a position right now to onboard another training vendor. I'd say, fine, okay, I understand. When is a good time to connect with you or reconnect with you so it coincides with your planning or that of your team, your company? Let's imagine they said July. In that case, I would say, great, I'm going to call you in May. And the reason is there's something I'm working on right now or we're working on right now, which I think you'll want to see. Have you got your calendar open? Great. And then I'd propose a date. And then I'd say, okay, looking forward to speaking to you then. I'm sending across an invitation right now via Outlook, Gmail, etc. And then I'd end the call, okay? That means I've got permission to re-engage. I'm not going to engage in any browbeating or trying to convince that person to proceed with a meeting where they will find a value and I'm wasting my time. So I'm not going to engage in any kind of please, 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 uh, please meet me anyway, because there is no need. And as a business person, if there is no need, there is no lead. So please move on. Okay, on to the next meeting, on to the next call. Don't waste time any further. All right. Number two, 
Uh, it's the preparation stage. And the preparation stage is where you think about the things that you can uh, prepare on the day. You can bring something with you, an effective presentation, good handouts, something to pass around, something which communicates professionalism, something which is slick, something which is useful, not just anything. I've seen people turn up to uh, presentations with things like pens or squeezy balls or some kind of pen drive, USB drive. These things are cheap. You know, you're not going to a children's party, so leave all that stuff behind. Uh, You're not uh, similarly going on a date, so don't bring anything like wine or donuts or chocolates. Uh, I've seen people do this. It doesn't go down well. And on that topic, don't bring anything of material value, uh, which could be perceived as a bribe, because you're not in the door yet, and you don't want to give out the wrong message. So instead, I'd like you to think of bringing three really important gifts, and we're going to go through them one by one, okay? So these gifts are the things that you should prepare so when you turn up, people really find value in your pitch or your presentation. So the first gift you're going to bring is understanding. And that means that you're going to turn up with a clear understanding of what they do, whom they serve, the clients they have, what their challenges are, the markets in which they operate, so that those people in the presentation, in the picture, looking at you thinking, hey, these people get us, they understand our world, they know what we want, and they know what's important to us. The next gift you're going to bring is your thoughtfulness. And this is often the small stuff, but it's the really crucial stuff. Things like turning up on time, uh, making sure that you and the team have paid attention to detail, who's in the room, what their name is, what their roles are. Maybe you've read their articles. I hope you have, if they have any. Um, Have you researched their profiles, perhaps on LinkedIn or other platforms? Have you found some kind of personal commonality which you can refer to in the course of the presentation? Okay, you want to form some kind of emotional connection with the people in the room. I like to bring something ring-bound with their name on it, something that they can look at and think, oh my goodness, this person knows what it means to speak to me personally, you know, without being too creepy and and doing so much research on them, they think you're spying on them, but something which shows you've been thoughtful and giving consideration to what that person needs from you, not just the company, but what that person needs from you. Also, part of your thoughtfulness is knowing the language that that company or that person uses in their world, industry terms, acronyms, and the internet leaves clues. So find out what kinds of terms or or language is used and use that throughout the presentation. That shows thoughtfulness, okay? Number three, the third gift you'll bring is brevity. And this means that you respect their time. You are on time, you end on time, and then you get off the stage, okay? So if you're allowed 60 minutes, take 40 If you're given 30 minutes, take 15. This shows respect, but it also shows that you're busy and important people are busy. You've no time to waste. So if you linger around longer than the invited time, it sends out the wrong message. You're unimportant and you haven't somewhere else to be. So busy people, important people have other meetings to go to. They do too. So be brief and be gone. Now, As part of the preparation stage, you also want to clarify, am I turning up or am I bringing a team? If you're bringing a team, what is their role? Okay. Uh, 
you're not there to stuff the, the room full of people who don't need to be there. Um, that's just embarrassing. If people are coming, be clear what they're to research, how they are to prepare individually, and how you as a team are to prepare collectively. Who speaks, who doesn't. Uh, practice the timings between speakers if there are multiple speakers, and practice your handover so that it's not sloppy and unprofessional. Ensure that people stick to the amount of time they have within that pitch, Jeanette, okay? And clarify who's answering which questions in the Q&A session on which particular topic so no one corrects someone else in your team, that's a disaster, or talks over someone else on your team or talks about something they know nothing about or enough to to answer a question about or go over the allotted time, okay? So it's really important that if you're turning up with a team, you clarify all of these things, who's speaking, what they're speaking about, when not to speak, etc. If you're turning up by yourself, on your own, Jeanette, I'd like you to practice the timings so that you can keep under the allotted time. It's much more impressive to be brief and then to be gone than to linger around and overstep the allotted time, okay? So we'll talk about the importance of time shortly. Okay, so that's the preparation part of preparing for the pitch. The next thing now is delivery. Now, this is something obvious, which I'll talk about, but obvious doesn't necessarily mean um, it's remembered. So when it comes to the day of your actual pitch, Jeanette, I'd like you to think about being early. I mean, really early. Um, Find out where to park, where the entrance is, um, so you're saving time. I've turned up in the past and I've seen other people in their presentations turn up with pools of perspiration, went to the wrong floor, went to the wrong building, thought you meant here, you were actually there. And all of a sudden you're on the back foot, okay? I'm not saying you've done that, but I know I've done this and I've seen other people do it. Um, Here's another tip. If a decision maker is late or detained, try and find out how late they will be. If more than 30 minutes, what I do is I make my excuses and I'll say, I'll reschedule. Okay, I'll leave. Because your time is valuable too. If you're hanging on, as I said previously, You're sending out a message that you have nothing better to do. And secondly, it also rewards this behavior. If you let yourself be messed around when it comes to uh, presentations, sometimes I know this for a fact, some companies game prospects or they game uh, bidders because they're trying to establish a kind of a dominance in the relationship. And a great book to read on the subject of psychological domination when it comes to pitching is a book called Pitching for Business, by Oren Claff, O-R-E-N Claff. I'll leave a link to the show notes or to the book in the show notes. Really interesting book, by the way. Um, Some of it's controversial, but it's worth listening to nonetheless. I have a copy on um, some audio book, and I've, I've listened to that as recently as a year ago. Perhaps worth listening to again. The second thing I would look at in terms of a resource to help you get ready for your delivery stage is to watch Amy Cuddy's video. That's A-M-Y-C-U-D-D-Y, Amy Cuddy. And she has perhaps the second or third most popular TEDx talk of all time, recorded in 2012 in Glasgow. And as a behavioral psychologist, she talks about the importance of the messages that you're giving yourself, you know, when you're going into an interview, what are you telling yourself? How are you fixed mentally to be evaluated? So Amy Cuddy's area is 
studying prejudice. As part of that, she talks about evaluative situations. These are the kinds of events, uh, interviews or pitches where, or perhaps giving public talks, where you're about to be scrutinized by people perhaps you've never met before and how to, you know, get yourself um, in a place where you go out all guns firing, confident and expecting good things to happen. Okay. So two things to think about, Oren Claff's book and Amy Cuddy's book. When it comes to the thing I would say, Jeanette, when you're in the pitch, the first thing I would say is I would restate the agreed purpose of the meeting. Something like this. Thanks for inviting me in today or us in today. We're here today because we want to be your training partner or training provider or your coaching provider, whatever it is, up front. And then you pause and you look around the room. And the reason you do that is, first of all, you're confirming that everyone on your team knows exactly what the meeting is. But more importantly, you're saying out loud what you have agreed is the purpose of the meeting today. Should anyone disagree with this, now's the time to say it. It saves everyone time and it leaves out confusion. And the and I call this the safety check. This is safety check number two. Clarifying that everyone knows why you're there and agrees that this is the purpose of the meeting. I've turned up at meetings before expecting to meet X and instead two or three other people turn up and they may not know exactly why the meeting is taking place or they may have a different opinion as to why the meeting is taking place. So right up front, say, thanks for inviting us today. We're here because we want to be your training partner provider. And this is a safety check. So the next thing I would do, if you get the feeling everyone's clear why we're here, I move on now to clarifying what you're about to tell them and why it's important to listen to you. So if you tell them up front what you're going to ask them, it also tells them to listen to the reasons as to why they should comply with your request. If you just give them a presentation and at the end ask what you want from them, they may lose interest or interrupt you with questions. A little bit of a psychology tip there. So up front, nice and bold, thanks for inviting us today. We're here because we want to be your training partner provider. And then you could say something like, we're going to now outline three ways that we can help you to do X. And you could say something like, we understand you're currently doing X for X reason. And because we've experienced doing X, we will be able to help you to achieve X. Here's an example of how we did this for Y. On page X of the report in front of you, you can see this, this, and this. Okay. So by doing this, you're straight down to business and you're telling people what's in it for them to continue to listen to you. Too many teams go in and they start talking about what they've done for the people and how they're great and what every person does on the, t- on the team. And, and here's this and here's this testimonial. And it becomes a history lesson. You're not there to waste their time or your time. So stick to the brief. You asked us to come in for this reason. We've given this some thought and here's how we can help you achieve X. Everyone there realizes now you're addressing the purpose, the reason for the meeting and you're backing it up with proof which relates to how you can help them. Okay. And I would do this about three times, no more. Why three points? Well, because humans as a rule tend to remember no more than three things. One, two, three, A, B, C. Think of a movie you saw recently. Okay. Which parts do you remember? Right. Yeah. The beginning 
and the end. And we call that in psychology the principle of primacy and recency. The thing people often remember is the first thing they experienced in a situation and the last thing that was said or happened in that situation, primacy and recency. So what that tells you is when you're giving people those key points in your pitch, Jeanette, don't give them any more than three things. And when you're presenting them, leave them with those three things or deliver those things in the order one, three, two. Your most important point first, your next most important point last, and everything in the middle. That's one, three, two. And this helps people to remember just three things in the order in which you want them to recall them. If people leave your meeting, your pitch, confused as to what you think you're there for and to how you can help them achieve the things they need, it's not going to work, okay? The pitch is really tight, really concise, just the the points you were asked to address, proving them, relating them to your audience, how you can help them, and then ending that particular uh, pitch and leaving room for questions. Which brings me to the next subject, which is a Q&A. Now, something in the course of your pitch, your client meeting, will probably have generated a question in their mind. So look at your presentation with the eyes of an outside person and if necessary, get help from other people to give you feedback on this. What kinds of questions is your pitch generating in the minds of your audience, Jeanette? What kinds of questions is your presentation or pitch generating in their minds? And have you got those answers prepared? Ordinarily, before someone complies with your request to let you be or accept you as a training partner, they will probably have some kind of vanilla, vanilla or generic questions. How long are you established? How many people in your team? How long have you been doing this? Where's your expertise? Blah, blah, blah. That's the kind of stuff you can expect to have pitched back at you. But there, of course, are things which your presentation will generate in their mind. So consider those two things. What are you saying to create questions? And what, by by being there, are the kinds of questions you'll get because you've turned up and you're going to be put through some kind of process of validation by people in the room, okay? And have answers to those questions. The last thing I would do at the delivery stage, this is the day, the hour, when you're delivering the presentation, I would say absolutely fundamentally, ask for the business. And this is safety check number three. A common failing in pictures and presentations that I've seen is that people stop talking and then wait for someone to clap their hands or jump up in the air and scream, thank goodness you're here. Of course you've got the business. But you know what? No one does that. So you have to be confident and say, thank you for listening to the presentation today. We'd like you to give us the business for these three reasons. And you restate the reasons. So you've asked a question. You're asking for the business up front. You're clear. You're concise. You're not wasting time. If they can't give you the answer, what you could do then is you ask for next steps. So just to clarify here, the next step in this process is they might go off and do some due diligence or something else, in which case you will agree to that particular time period to elapse before proceeding to the next step. But it's really important that you don't leave that day without clarifying what those next steps are. If questions come up which you cannot answer, that's okay. So commit to providing any information requested by people in the room and make sure you get back at that time in the allotted time with the information they're looking for. Okay. So in a future episode, we'll look in depth 
at pitching. I hope to have Oren on another episode of this show in the near future. But for now, look at his book and think of the psychology of the process. Be confident, be bold, be brief, be gone, be informed, be polite, be respectful, and be ready. Ask for the business. Don't leave without clarity on an answer and next steps if that's the case. Okay, the final thing today is step number four. And this is what we call the follow-up stage. What does that mean? Well, it's very simple. This is the part where many people actually lose the business because they don't take time or trouble to keep on keeping on. So if you've done your presentation, it's gone well, for goodness sake, don't take the foot off the gas, okay? I want you to keep in touch, keep nurturing that prospect because you're a professional salesperson, right? Don't let go. Your work is not done. This is where the top salespeople shine. Keep in touch. Keep on adding value, even after the presentation. And if they say, we'll get back to you, that's no excuse. Keep on keeping on. Start what's called a drip campaign, okay? Start what's called a drip campaign. Agree with your team, a particular person, or you, to keep in touch once, twice a week, quick email, here's a white paper, here's a case study on a client we helped. Um, I saw this recently in the post uh, in, in on X site, and I saw this and thought of you and your industry. And what that tells the person is, first of all, you do want the business. And secondly, oh, you, you read our industry publications, you're familiar with our world. Okay, so how do you do this? Well, either you do read those publications, or what you can do is to set up Google alerts or LinkedIn saved searches, and LinkedIn and Google will then uh, contact you or notify you when particular things come up. It could be someone's changed roles, someone's added something to their business, or someone is in the news for some reason. So keep your ear to the ground. It doesn't mean being a pest. Uh, if you're doing it every single day or tw- twice or three times a week, it becomes annoying. It tends to backfire. So the important thing here is to just to keep keep engaged, keep that drip campaign going, keep adding value, keep people keep people keeping you in mind, okay? Keep uh, to the front of the queue so that when people think of this, it wasn't just the, the value which you delivered in your presentation. It was all the little bits that you did that other people didn't do after your pitch, okay? That often is enough to sway people because... On the day, there's a time limit in terms of how long your pitch is, Jeanette, but there's no time limit in how much or how much time you spend following up with little touches, little uh, kind of gifts, little elements of thoughtfulness with a white paper or a connection or a case study or a little email saying, thought of this, thought of you when I saw this, and little bits of information which show people that you value them as people, not just as a prospect on the day, okay? So keep informed, keep things moving on, and seek to re-engage and keep in touch. Often overlooked, but the professionals are the people who, if you think of a horse race, horse races are often won, not by a huge length, but often just by a nose. A car, uh, think of an Olympic race, you've got people running along, it's the person who crosses the finishing line, that's what counts. Not the person who was leading the race for a long time, It's the person who doesn't give up towards the end. It could be the difference of an arm. So it's really important that you find ways to keep on adding value long after the presentation 
is over. Okay, so hope you found that useful today. Thank you once again for your listenership, for taking the time to listen to the podcast. We have lots of great interviews coming your way very soon. So once again, if you do want to get your hands on a $50 Amazon voucher, drop your questions to me. You can contact me on LinkedIn. And if you're enjoying the show, I will be very grateful when you leave a rating on iTunes, because this will help us to promote the show and to attract the kinds of guests who can help you and your team. Creating this podcast is, of course, a lot of fun. I love doing it every single week, but it's a lot of work as well. So your kind and honest comments will help us to help you and your training business. You can check out the podcast, as always, on iTunes, Stitcher and Spotify. And I look forward to your company on next week's episode. So in the interim, have a great training week and speak soon. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Go to trainingbusiness.com and subscribe right now to be notified of great competitions, upcoming VIP episodes, and amazing special offers to help you succeed in your training business. See you next time.